Welcome in. This is the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Chris is live back in his uh, home uh, home base of Texas uh, after traveling to Vegas. So far, looking healthy. I've been seeing a lot of a lot of tweets, a lot of people getting some kind of sickness going around. So my heart and my prayers go out to everybody. Uh, and I would just say, uh, as I've been replying to the tweets that I've seen, uh, I think vitamin D, uh, zinc, soup, rest, 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 rest. And hopefully you guys uh, feel better soon. But we got a lot to talk about today, Chris. Uh, we actually haven't had too much time to talk outside of you calling in to the show and texting me while I screamed and lost my voice and apparently went viral across the internet for my good old 15 minutes of fame. As I told people would happen, I was like, if they ever announce this game coming to Xbox, I'm going to lose my mind. And that's what's happened. But show is yours, dude. Uh, You've got some plans for today. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you drive this one. What do you want to talk about first? Um, I mean, FanFest was amazing. Yeah, FanFest was amazing. I got a chance to hang out with many of you. It was very different than my first FanFest. Um, first FanFest was the first FanFest after Work to Game existed. And uh, that was our goal. The first time Work to Game earned a check from YouTube was we said we should save these up and go to FanFest. Um, and so that's what we spent our YouTube earnings on when we first started the channel is we mm-hmm. paid for us to go share a two queen room in Ooh. in vegas and saucy <laughs> uh and and we had a great time um this time i wanted to focus more on kind of enjoying it as a fan i did take like a ridiculous i i'm definitely not like a totally normal fan because for the live letter like i got up way earlier than i did the first day and i was in line and i made sure to have a front row seat and i was taking notes so like there's yeah. definitely still parts of parts of it uh that you know i was taking lots of notes during all that and but it was awesome and we got to visit with people and because those are things that you and I didn't do. We were so busy making videos. We didn't stay for the right. Primal's concert and I did stay for the Primal's concert. Worked. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and we didn't go do all the golden saucer stuff. We like walked through it once. We watched, I don't know, Godbert hit a hammer on it. This time there was like all the Charlene. So I went and did a bunch of the activities and, um, and I got to kind of fan out on like, I just got to see a bunch of content creators that I get really excited about. Um, the first time Jesse Cox walked by, I didn't want to say anything. Cause I was like, I don't want to waste his time. Uh, and then somebody <laughs> else was like, that's the wrong answer. Jesse Cox doesn't mind. So then the next time I saw him, I said, hello. And he's like, of course you should have said hello the first time. Uh, and he was wonderful and it just, everybody was really great. Um, I think the event was run awesome. I know yeah. there were some people that had negative experiences trying to get 15,000 people into a single space is an Hard. uphill problem. Yeah. And the convention center staff are not as excited that it's FanFest as you, because as soon as this convention shuts down, they're going to tear all this down and they're going to set up for another convention, which is probably going on right now. Uh, this is what they do for a living. So like, it's not that they're not like, Oh yeah, Yoshi P's here. They're like, yeah, yeah. Just keep moving. Like, so it was hard to get that many people in and out of the space. Um, and there were some areas where they, the lines weren't long enough. So what happened is when the line expanded past what was organized, it became a bit of a mob mm-hmm. because I think they just underestimated how many of us would be interested in each activity. So like to get I mean, into the battle area and to get in, like the merch, the merch line just space. was not designed for the fact that 14,900 people out of 15,000 wanted merch. Right. Like it just... There was just no assumption that that's what would happen. Um, but it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, had a great time. 
And, you know, I, I do see why they had to cap it at 15,000, but I would love to see them go bigger. Um, but this yeah, thing, do you think, there's no way. Do you think uh, like a San Diego, uh, you know, uh, convention center, uh, much like they do with BlizzCon, would be uh, more appropriate for the like a venue? Because they talked about doing that before everything got shut down. So I was kind of surprised when they announced Vegas, but it made sense because they've been in this like, well, will we bring it back? You know, kind of, you know, physical approach and and they did this time. So do you think you could see them making a bigger shift next uh, next fan fest? Here's my concern. How do you fill the time? So what BlizzCon does is to, to justify 40,000 people, it's four or five stages instead yeah. of kind of one big stage and some secondary areas. And it, it's four or five full stages. And each of those stages has a full convention schedule, right? And there might mm -hmm. be, it might be a two hour event and then one hour downtime, two hour event, one hour downtime, but it is full from morning until night. There is always either something happening, something wrapping up or something about to happen. So there's some time between events so that like people can change, like people can leave and other people can come in and take their seats, but it's always next thing on deck, next thing on deck. Yeah. How do you do that with a single game? 15,000. It was three times bigger than the fan fest you and I went to. And like, it felt, um, it felt absurd that there were that many people there for a single reason, as opposed to when you're at BlizzCon, there's people there for right. Hearthstone. There's people there for Starcraft. There's people there for Warcraft. There's people there, right? And so it's a lot bigger. So if they were going to do that, who would you pair it with? Originally, we thought, well, maybe you pull in from other audiences. But since they've let go of all those Montreal type games, mm -hmm, you know, Deus right. Ex and all that, you know, Final Fantasy games, there are many core Final Fantasy game fans that don't really consider 14 a standard title. Just like there's a difference between the numbered titles and non-numbered titles. They kind of let 14 stand on its own and 11 kind of with it because MMOs are a different animal. Um how do you how do you do that uh so like i i think this is probably the right size for it mm -hmm. that just yeah. un, just because like forty thousand people all wanting to go to the primals concert would be a right would be nuts they'd have to right. have a stadium um which maybe that's the answer maybe, maybe that's the answer stadium uh but i think at least for next time I, unless the game just doubles in size again um this is probably the right size and it's just going to always be hard to get tickets uh, the badge pickup was done really right. well. The badge because, pickup was so smooth. Because if they, let's say they did expand it to be more Square Enix fan fest beyond just Final Fantasy 14, we know this happens every two years and it's a part of the marketing PR push for the expansion. Uh, you know, if all of a sudden you have it every year, uh, which was what some, you know, like to kind of par you know, parallel to BlizzCon for a little bit, like that's what they had. And not every year there was the expansion because they had other games and other announcements and, and everything like that. So it would, in a way, I think, water down the excitement behind uh, what, you know, the announcement for is because you get it every year. But maybe that would also be something where you start bringing in Final Fantasy XI, Dragon Quest X, which are the two other MMOs, uh, and to see if they were like, oh, now we're going to also make this more of our, this is our personal E3 for all of our products. And that ends up, I think, being a bigger bigger task than square enix is because it's not one event it's still three events in right. you know if you think about it in the span of a shorter period of time so uh it ends up being kind of kind of much as opposed to like yeah we're gonna just be in san diego once every november yada 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 it was kind of a reminder for me how many people like hadn't been to one of these or hadn't watched one of these and how many people don't watch live letters um, mm. I was sitting next to uh, a girl that was with our group 
who only plays really for Island Sanctuary in a little bit herself. And uh, she got a chance to meet Ms. Tech, and Ms. Tech was who um, got her comfortable running dungeons, four-man yeah. dungeons. She wanted videos to watch four-man dungeons, and like the eight-man normal trials seemed wildly overwhelming. And that's just such a different experience than a lot of the people who tend to hang out in streams and stuff that are trying to, you know, encourage you and I to take on Savage. And when would we do Ultimate? And it's like the idea that a normal trial and a normal dungeon is overwhelming is something that we hear, but I never get a chance to interact with so directly. And um, and the Island Sanctuary is why she plays and she loves the story. And so like this move towards duty support is what got her in. And she, she plays uh, with her boyfriend who does raid and all of that. And he was there. And I was sitting next to her during the live letter and she's, you know, and like the guys to the right of me, which I did not know, were saying these things like, I hope they talk about 6.0 and oh my gosh, I didn't know there was going to be another criterion and all that. So they were very engaged players and they mm -hmm. just did not memorize the roadmap because apparently that's a weird thing to do. Right. Uh, and they definitely didn't have a spreadsheet open on their phone because apparently that's a weird thing to do. But I had a spreadsheet open on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i remember the roadmap so I, I, shocker and, so, and, and she goes is that it and i go no they'll do criteria and they'll talk about island sanctuary expansion and she goes oh really and then he goes and criteria and seven she's like how did you know this i was like well i've watched 50 of these uh like i've watched 50 of these in a row like like I'm, so um i am aware that like it just it was a great reminder of just the wildly different ways to enjoy yeah. the game. Like there are I'm always being engaged in the community, I'm always aware of all the people who are playing it what feels like more intensely than me. Yeah. But by the very nature of the fact that they're less engaged means that they're less likely to be on Twitch, they're less likely to be on YouTube. So there's like a whole group that are more casual than me. I feel I feel so casual when I hang out in other people's streams because I don't clear all the savage series and I don't do ultimate and I don't and I'm not good at PvP and you know, I, I don't have the hundred million gill. And it's so, like, I always feel casual, but I am just, it was a great reminder of like, these are people who still paid a lot of money. They took time off work. They got tickets. So they're not, it's not like, oh, well, I just barely play. Yeah. And yet, well, uh, this is a game that I picked up as a trial. So much different than me. Anybody on the um, free trial out there? Like that's, that would be something yeah, that would be. So, so I think at that point we can pivot to the Xbox announcement. Yes. The Xbox announcement came after we were over time. Right. So people that had signed up on the battle app to get to do the trial from next expansion. They were heading out. They were already, their time window was already elapsed. So there were people who were getting up and leaving. There were also people that were hungry because we were way over. We were like 15 or 20 minutes past when this thing was supposed to end. Yeah. I was hungry. And he had already multiple times made it seem like that was the last announcement. That was the last announcement. And then he did the yeah. and one more thing. Yeah. So like, I don't know how that came across on stream because I didn't get a chance to talk to you. But like in the room, it was this weird mix of the people who were seated were excited. Right. But there were a lot of people not seated because of like other contextual reasons. Right. And, and maybe, we also, and, and also, and we like, also, yeah, everybody there has access to the game. So right. like as an audience goes, that's not the group that's like, oh, thank God, I bought tickets to this and I came to Vegas because I've always wanted to play this game, but I only have an Xbox. Right. <laughs> that's what I was saying, because people were like, Brian, you were you you were way excited more than anybody at FanFest. And it's like, yeah, what Xbox player that's been waiting for and fighting for 10 years shows up to every wins, fan fest? Wins the like, lottery. Yeah, to the and then it gets the lottery to the tickets to the game they can't play. And then essentially is like, this is the year. Phil Spencer better walk out on stage. My one regret, Chris, is that a minute before this is going on, because I was, you know, like, I just was like, how crazy would it be 
I was thinking this in my head, and I wish I said it out loud. I was like, how wild would it be if Yoshi P brings Phil Spencer on the stage and announces the Xbox? I was I was thinking that. And then when he started to go in that direction, my brain pivoted to what I thought they were going to then like do as just a part of something we thought a limited job, bring out the new CEO, which we've seen them have the CEO come out and then go away and then come out in a blue mage. So we saw that happen with the the old CEO. And so I was like, bummed. I was like, are they gonna bring back the the new CEO dressed as a beast master or a puppet master or something like that. And then it's like Phil Spencer. And I was like, Oh my God. I was sitting next to Fido. And I think we both said just a suit. Like when yeah. the CEO came out the first time, yeah. it was the CEO and everybody's clapping. And I think Fido and I go, just a suit, just the suit. What's up? Dude? Like, where's your costume? Come on, dress up. Um, no, but it's, uh, it, I think that, I think his introduction was great, but no, the, with the Phil Spencer announcement, it's interesting because obviously that, that clip went in like insanely viral and it ignited an entire like console war thing. And it's like, that's all of that. I haven't, like, I don't care about, but what it's like, the, the whole thing is like, people are like, Oh, you, you have some man crush on Phil Spencer. I was like, no, that represents that final fantasy is coming. That represents over 10 years of like campaigning and, and just putting in the work. And it really felt like I've really felt like heard and seen, like you texted me that Rook came up to you and asked, it's like, Oh my gosh, Brian must be so excited. And she, then she commented on the, uh, the thing. And it just was like, yes, this has been a very, very important for me. So if you're in the know, if you like, if you've ever seen our content, like this should be something where a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, just on this announcement alone. And this is something that I've stated publicly in the past. So people were getting mad at me because I cried and it's like, no, if this ever happens, I will cry. I know that about myself right now. That is how emotional it's going to be. So it went from this high and then it was just like, Oh my gosh, it was like unreal, yeah, I, unreal. I, I, Somebody commented, somebody said to me at the, at the con, the reason they like watching us is because um, we're really down to earth and that they can listen yeah. to me at work because I don't use any foul language. And so I do apologize to anybody sitting around me during the Xbox announcement uh, <laughs> because, because I believe that was a series of explicits the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you texted oh me like, beep, holy beep, 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 beep. like, there's no way to be like, I think I just was like, I was just like, <laughs> uh, Chris, Chris uh, transformed in, into skill up. Like in, in a so, moment, if you if you were there, I did have you, five you, to six minutes of a of a, a descending from a Southern American to a Southern Hemisphere Australian. Uh, I couldn't help it. It was just a series of of language we can't use on the air here. Yeah, um, it was a big deal. It's oh, a big it's deal. Huge for Final Fantasy. Overwhelming. Me, everybody said, over like I what's really fun about FanFest is you're sitting on a train and you overhear people talking about the game and you get to yeah. just listen. And you're you're walking through a casino and you're hearing people talk about the game. And so it's just so cool to like get to kind of as everywhere you walk, like just the ambient air is just filled with conversation about 14. Mm -hmm. Um and anytime Xbox was brought up, overwhelmingly, all I heard was it's cool that more people will get to play. Yeah, it's cool that they're adding like I, I didn't hear anything negative, so either people were not talking about it. Or it was only a good thing. So I've, there are going to be the, like one percent of people that are mad, but yeah. like the PC spec went up, and they're still supporting PS4. Right. Consoles are not the limiter of this game, and this game is also not coming to the Xbox One. It is Series S and X forward, which I would say, from especially also your spreadsheet, mentally prepare that 8.0 probably will drop the PS4, depending on the player volume. Can they make it work? Can they make it scale? Yes, and maybe like 
But if the fact that they're not going to say, yeah, we're going to also put this on the Xbox One, me, I, I was like, well, why would they? Especially if then they're like, and then in, in two years, we dropped the Xbox One because right. we also dropped right. the PS4. So it's like, makes complete sense there. We now, had a conversation right before. I was like, I think they'll go PS4 till 8.0, but I could be wrong. Like, I'm not confident in that decision. Yeah. And uh, I was really excited to see that get one more go. This is what they did with the PS3. The PS3 got, I don't remember exact exact timing, but it felt like it got one more expansion than it should have, which yeah. I think is appropriate because that helps that last group of people that are like, I don't know. Uh, they're available, but I wouldn't buy a console just for this one game. And it starts to let them kind of maybe run that console a little closer to its natural lifespan because consoles don't last forever. Right. And so I think at that point, maybe there's two or three games that they want to play. And so I think it, I think we lose less players that way instead of putting them as, in this, like, do you really like 14? Cause if you don't, you better quit. Uh, and so like, I think it, it just gives them an inexcusably long time. And I believe to help kind of encourage that, uh, adoption rate to be increased. Uh, I do believe that they had a cutoff to upgrade for free from the PS3 to the PS4 version. Mm -hmm. I believe that was only during the first like year or two of the overlap of PS4 support. Um, and then that fell off. And so if you waited to buy, you did have to buy a copy of the game. Um, but at that point you were talking about coming in with the next expansion. Yeah. Uh, so I bought my PS4 like right as they were going to drop that support and i i was like oh crap i better do that so i bought it and got the free upgrade uh <laughs> now i want to take a brief moment to say and thanks everybody for here uh, joining us live be sure to hit that like button if you're on the youtube side of things subscribe and check out the other uh content we've got some uh, big plans as uh here in just a couple of days it's going to be our eighth youtube anniversary so if you guys like what we do we like the podcast uh, we love having you here, and uh, there's going to be a lot to obviously talk about as we barrel into uh, year eight of being content creators here on YouTube. But that being said, that's kind of just a fun little call to action. The pushback I've seen that I feel is a legitimate concern, but not a, re a real reality concern, is that uh, there have been some people who have expressed that Yoshi P and the team taking time to also put this on Xbox hurts the content it slows the game down it means that there's actually going to be less content and essentially that's where like just to correct that thought process is that within game development there are massively different teams so the the you know the platform team doesn't all of a sudden sit here and say you know they're not the same people who are making the dungeons they're not doing all this extra work and what the adding a platform does is actually brings in more revenue, which allows them to scale up. And what I've said this whole time, because the last update from Yoshi P that we had in regards to this, everybody's got their theory about why it wasn't on Xbox. But the last update we had from Yoshi P a few years ago was that he just doesn't have the budget to publish it to a new platform because they don't have the, the testing resources, et cetera. And I said, Phil Spencer can fix that. Like that's a that that's that's a dollar negotiation. That was his. Yeah, it was yes. That was a public yeah. negotiating tactic. But also remember that he did phrase that in the context of while also developing for PS5. Right. So while he could not run yeah. two new platform development teams simultaneously. Right. But also so the timing of yeah. this implies that he may have spun that team up as soon as the PS5 version was stable because right. the fact that we're going into beta in six point. Five, which is yeah. October, mm -hmm. um, which I got that. I think I got that date spot on. I predicted yeah. October 10th. Oh, I think I nailed it. We had summer 2024. My 6.55 prediction because the amount of people who argued for this winter and then maybe even like into January, February, I was like, set your expectations for summer 2024. 
And if we're wrong, you're going to be happy. I said March 15th was the earliest possible date, but it is more likely later could possibly yeah. be pushing back to, I think he wants to get back to June releases, yes. but it will not be earlier than March 15th. I predicted like the shortest possible time spans and I couldn't get it any closer to uh, Japanese fan fest than March 15th. Uh, that was the that was the minimum timeline, and I now I think I have to, you have to kick that way out. I think even the minimums moved back. There's no way. I think we're back into. Uh, it'll be hot here in Texas. Uh, <laughs> That's so. a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Good time to stay inside and play some video games. Yeah, it, it'll be hot in Texas. Um, so, I, it's great. It's great. Yeah. The other side of it, though, is that people is that every every uh release they have to prepare so the xbox series x and and they ask those are like two releases right so adding in xbox one it's like every sku they have to and that's also then per expansion this will be a, a nice starting point because there isn't a arr version of you know just that but then also to kind of cap that together with the announcement before that they announced that the free trial is expanding to include stormblood and on that note my first reaction on the stream was why would anybody give square enix money for this game especially if they can't be uh if they can't uh, like subscribe i know a lot of people in active duty military who love final fantasy they're on the free trial but they want to give the game money and i think essentially what i've seen some people kind of advocate for and i'm actually all for it is that it'd be kind of nice to say hey you bought the game right and life finds a way life can kind of throw you a curveball you could always go back into a free trial mode but then obviously you'd be cut off from any access and then you could activate that resubscribe uh, but that way you don't necessarily lose access to what you have with the free trial because if they're going to keep expanding the free trial somebody who cannot subscribe to a video game you have to remind them don't don't thank square enix with money which is weird to me as as a, as just a gamer who's like Thank you for this amazing game. Here, here's 20 bucks for ARR. Oh, wait, I have to subscribe for life now? You no, know, it's I, like... I'd rather see them give you like you three, three annual pauses or something. And so you can pause your subscription a couple times a year. That way, if it is something like active duty military or covered, if it's something like... Um, a hospitalization you can always pause your subscription job. but you, you can you lose access it and, you, and limit it so that people content. aren't just turning it on like i turn it on when i play saturday morning and i turn it off yeah. sunday night and i turn it on like but mm -hmm. but the idea that it is meant for like a life event um i think is more logical because my concern with being able to flip into a free trial mode is that there's all it is ripe for abuse from bots like the one advantage yeah. of the one advantage of bot accounts is that they, they're paying a subscription like that's the only advantage so like let's not take away the one thing that they're contributing to the community they're doing all <laughs> sorts of harm yeah, that's uh, true that's let's, true absolutely let's, let's at least collect 15 dollars from each of them um it's like i know that's not perfect but uh I, I think that's i think that's good seeing them announce um pc specs increase but still ps4 support i think that is a reminder this game is not held back by consoles i said that earlier um and you know we'll see the mac they didn't have the mac specs ready to go because they just have to translate it into mac land um but it's good to see them continuing to support that as well yeah if they had to add a platform after xbox what do you think it would be uh, after oh, I, I'm my next uh, campaign is for GeForce Now. I uh, like bring this game to GeForce Now uh, as just an option for people to open up and start playing the game. I think we've started to see them finally start to support with Octopath Traveler one and two. So mm -hmm. Square Enix games, those are like the first non 
you know, like Montreal, right? Like there was some Montreal Square Enix stuff that was on GeForce Now. That's all been, you know, shifted around. But Octopath Traveler 1 and 2 makes me hope that it's like, yeah, bring Final Fantasy 14 to this. This would be great. And honestly, that was going to always be the, the solution because you can run GeForce Now on an Xbox. So it's like, well, yeah, guys, worst case scenario, you get to have a really good experience, uh, you know, a cloud gaming experience. But yeah, I think uh, them starting to support uh, cloud streaming services as a part of the game would be, I think, a real win. Same thing for Final Fantasy XI, too. I'm I'm just going to go all, all in and say it would be great if more people had access to that. They don't even need to make a native client for these consoles, especially as uh, cloud streaming becomes uh, more and more prevalent across, uh, you know, gaming and, uh, and with different options for for people as internet improves. But that's that's the next platform that I could see them supporting because, and then it could it could technically run on Switch. It could tech you no know, like all it of run sudden, on a netbook. Like like yeah. you, you could you could buy a three hundred dollar laptop and play Final Fantasy fourteen. Right. And that's Absolutely. the advantage of GeForce now is that my brother runs on like a 15 year old computer that he bought in college. And when that thing dies, he's going to replace it with a dirt cheap computer because he only uses it for GeForce now because his components won't support anything else. And so he, he is never going to buy another gaming PC. He just, he's like, I just don't spend enough time. Him and his wife do couch co-op on the Xbox. Yeah. Um, so he bought the Apple four on the Xbox because the couch co-op for it's amazing. And so like the, it's just not a priority and the ability to play things on GeForce now has allowed him when he does get that time because he does get it on occasion mm -hmm. but not enough to justify the cost of a gaming rig because right. you can spend quite a bit of money bringing a pc up to what like these recommended specs are and that's what he's experiencing on GeForce now it's not like oh well he would but he could buy a minimum stack computer no because on GeForce now he gets a premier experience for a fraction of the price um and he's got that founder's rate which is like five dollars a month or something so it's, it's i i it's have the founder's really rate cheap. but then i upgraded to the ultimate founders so it's like a 4080 it runs game on my ultra wide in 120 frames a second like it is unreal like i can stream like high quality games and so i just want more of my games to run on that service and i also the only one change i do my complaint and whenever geforce now asks me for feedback because they tend to ask me at least once a month like hey man how's it going just checking in what would you like to see this da, 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 da. and i go could you make it so that i could make it run in windowed mode because it always no matter what takes up the full screen of whatever my the main monitor it's set to and so i'm like great i can enjoy you know ultra wide games and stream but sometimes I do appreciate that I can run a windowed and actually be able to see more and manage the stream a little bit better. Um, but that's just my one uh, random complaint. But I do have a, a question for you, especially as Final Fantasy 14 is on Xbox. I saw PSMS Jordan uh, tweeting out like, what will happen first? Will we see WoW on the Xbox? Will we see uh, Final Fantasy 14 on the Xbox? It's so fun to go read through that, that Twitter thread now that it's like, well, clearly it's Final Fantasy 14 and that's the answer. But when we look at MMOs, Final Fantasy 14 being the like the Cadillac, especially when it comes to controller support, et cetera. But we're seeing every MMO that's getting announced. We're there's, you know, I would say I would I would chalk it up to rumors right now, but I would venture to bet that New World itself is coming to consoles. We just don't have a time frame because Lord of the Rings, which they announced as their their next MMO to follow up here in maybe five years, will come to consoles. We'll be on Xbox and PlayStation. Does wow have to make though that that change now because it's going to be the only one that isn't at some point very very soon and when i say soon within the next five years 
have to is a strong word. There's a lot of games that only run on PC for their entire lifespan and are very happy with their reception. But I do think that the core WoW audience or anybody who was engaged, past tense, for any length of time, you played a year or two during any expansion, any set of expansions, many of us have been conditioned to believe that you cannot play the game without add-ons. So the number one argument for bringing WoW to consoles is that you cannot play WoW without add-ons. What I will tell you right. is that beginning in BFA, they began tearing down that wall. Now that wall was built from both sides. The devs strengthened that wall, the players strengthened that wall. And so it is a big wall and it has been there a very long time. Yeah. It is a structural part of the community. So it is not like you just drive a bulldozer through it at full speed and then everything's great. Right. But starting in BFA, they supported controller directly, not with add-ons, through a series of console commands. So it was basically like a hidden version of controller support. Mm -hmm. And it was basically something they'd been messing with on the dev side, and they released it, but it was, it was not meant to be easy. And there were all sorts of things that broke. And what it acted as is a framework, maybe for add-ons to pick up and carry the torch or something like that. Then we move into Shadowlands, and they began expanding it a little bit more. A little bit more and you just see various parts of the ui getting redone bfa redid the new player experience like at this point we've started kind of seeing there's some light shining through the wall now with dragonflight the new player experience is much better it's still not as good as like what a new game would do but for the age of the game it's it's pretty great and the game is playable with controller and they did all sorts of stuff to update the targeting systems. It's not nearly as powerful as cross hotbar, but if you're mm -hmm. going to compare it to 14's controller support, that's wildly unfair because that's going right. to make every single MMO that has controller support look like garbage. Final Fantasy 14 is the best controller support in a MMORPG on the market, yeah. hands, hands down. down. And so Yoshi P specifically doesn't trademark it so that it could hopefully become the standard uh, for these kind of games. And I think that would be really something special uh, to see. Now, uh, I do want to say and kind of bring in Game Pass as a question to this, being that, like, do you think that they would have announced it coming to Game Pass? I don't think it comes to Game Pass. I think you'll see Game Pass offer perks, just like you see uh, perks offered with Prime Gaming and all these different services. Being that it's a subscription-based game, if they did that, I could see a lot of perhaps justified concern and frustration from those who are paying a subscription, both in terms of imagine if Game Pass covered your subscription to the game, and then all of a sudden you're like, but I also want to support the game, or people feeling like Square Enix might be losing money and leaving money on the table. We have not seen Game Pass pick up the optional sub to ESO, and so I think that essentially if they ever do any kind of integration with any of these services, it's like get a free teleport like they do with PlayStation Plus, right? Like there might be some touch point, but I don't think we're going to see it have any kind of major overhaul to how people play the game. But I'd be up for any of the discussions as we bring up the free trial. Like there's a lot of different like I think there is a, a tier that can help get more people playing Final Fantasy 14 that is not yet developed within the current ecosystem. I don't know what that looks like and how fair that is, but it is what it is. What do you think, Chris? I think that this is, I mean, remember, this is part one of three for FanFests. Yeah. And the Xbox version is going to have the same kind of life cycle where there's going to be multiple parts. Step one is just announce it's coming to Xbox. That's really exciting on its own. Right. Let people run with that. Get it, get it a press cycle. Have some goofy ginger crying on the internet. Like, let's just <laughs> get, let's just get where... 
that runs its life. Then yeah. announce the next thing. This is what Xbox is making possible, whatever. I think if it's going to do anything with Game Pass, I would put it on par with the free trial, the, the uh, free login weekends. So for people that have been subscribed in the past, they're no longer on a free trial version of the game. They do free login campaigns where they let those people come back and they have a set number of days to use a set number of hours. And they can come in and they can just re-experience the game and see if it ignites some spark. I assume they know there's this much cost on the servers, there's this much cost on the marketing push, there's this much cost in potential lost revenue. And in trade, we have a conversion rate of this and it results in this many sub dollars. And they run those campaigns from time to time and I don't think they'd do them unless that was coming out profitably. Right. I think you can do the same thing with Game Pass where you can start to say like, hey, you know, kind of like how when Final Fantasy goes on sale, it, it goes on sale on PlayStation, PC and Mac on the same days. Mm -hmm. And yet the Steam version goes on sale during the Steam sale. It's the same sale, but it's at a different time to better align with that platform. I think your free login campaigns on Xbox would probably be something that maybe gets more of a Game Pass integration or something like that. Maybe and maybe they get more hours or maybe they get. So I think I think they've already proven in the past that they're pretty good at recognizing when an ecosystem says, hey, we should play a little differently and this will yeah. be received a little better. And I think Xbox would be an ecosystem where they would take a look at that um, and say, is there something we can do that's a little better in line with how Xbox players consume games? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to address one comment because there's still plenty of us to talk about, but we do have a hard out here at 10 o'clock. Uh, so for those of you joining us, uh, we're going to be doing these podcasts. Actually, we might have a guest next week. So uh, we've got lots to talk about, especially in terms of uh, the channel and how we continue to move forward. But uh, Alishan says, I miss you guys, and I'm glad to see you back online today. Super excited to hear Brian's plans. And so if you guys not have not seen, I would encourage you to check out uh, the last vlog video that I posted uh, it's a very uh, good and important watch, and I think it kind of really helps answer a lot of the core questions, but also gives a, a reasonable timetable for my return, because there is no bigger invitation back to this game than having it come to Xbox. I've already had other friends that are Xbox only. They're like, dude, let us let me know when you're playing. However, I'm still working on my health goals, and I still have that uh, 210 uh, weight goal to hit before you start really seeing me, uh, you know, return into a big force of gaming. Um, but check out the video. I go into full detail over it. I'd encourage you to do so. If you like the video, be sure to like and all that good stuff because that's a great way of helping out on the algorithm. Some of the culties have, have found it and it's uh, they, they're a constant source of entertainment for me. Uh, and so that is, uh, I just want to address that. And the uh, the link is, you know, the, just check the homepage. You'll see the video uh, going over the full detail of it there. But what do you want to talk about next, dude? Because like, there's still like we like we we're going so to the actual, new world. <laughs> yeah. So actual content itself. So six point yeah. five. There was nothing that like surprised me outside of the Fall Guys collab. Couldn't have seen that coming. Um, everything else about six point five and six point five five seems to line up with the roadmap from February of twenty two, uh, when they laid out what this expansion would have in it. It's all right where we thought it would be. Obviously, we didn't have the details of like what the dungeon name would be and what the what the variant location would be and things like that. So those are surprises, but they're not like wildly groundbreaking surprises it's just more detail than we had before mm -hmm. um so i think to finish out the expansion unless there's something after 6.55 which there's never been anything 6.58 is is like unlocking the savage tier the loot and stuff so there's some little things that aren't in there but nothing crazy 7.0 news however um there was some pretty big stuff in there some of it's just little 
changes and expansions on on systems that we kind of expect from one expansion to the next and so yeah. they're surprising but like there there's always going to be like x number of surprises mm -hmm. uh but the two die slots was well received by the glamour community and the glamour community is always yeah. in full force at fan fest and so it always gets a really loud cheer right. probably the loudest cheer all weekend and the, made the outside the primals yeah. but even people who just want the game to get like better and run better that marks a huge transformation that paired with the other thing that didn't get as much of a response because i think people didn't quite understand what it is um when they said optional items i take those as store items will be mm -hmm. storable in the armoire. So for anybody right. that does have a full glamour dresser, keeps glamour on their retainers as well, those are probably the same types of players that it's not wildly uncommon for them to have some store mog. Um, and so when they have some store glamour items, those will now be in the armoire, which is in unlimited storage. Um, and that's the first step too. I would love to see AF sets go in there. I think that would be a huge mark trend. Right now, the only AF set that goes in there is the level 45 set because it's not reacquirable, but all your poetic sets don't. And I'd love to see those go. I'd love all your poetic sets and your AF sets. Like I I'd love to see all your class related stuff and your poetic sets go into the armoire. Um, personally, and yeah. then, and then just selfish me, I would love there to be achievements for filling out your armoire. Uh, like let's turn it into a collection system, just like the orchestrian system where you've that's got where like a log I feel like and this, you can check things yeah. off. I feel like that's where this is going to go. Cause what I said about the die system and for anybody who's been following us any period of time knows that I'm not a glamor guy, fashion and, and all that stuff isn't what speaks to me, but I know how important it is. But the engineer in me goes, Oh my gosh, they are really working on them. The memory management and the back end, like that change just before, like before when, uh, they started, they removed slots. They removed, hey, we're taking this out. People were like, huh? I was like, yeah, they're out of memory. They have hit a wall and they're going to have to go figure that out. And that's what I was like, oh my gosh, they have been working on that that engine, that back end, that, you know, the memory thing, uh, which is really exciting to see. Obviously, the graphical update is a visual representation that people can see and feel more so, but it's actually the, the dying system that they've talked about right there that I was like, oh, that's actually, like, I think the biggest you know, like, oh, I, you know, people like it for this. And I'm like, oh man, the back end and of itself, that's going to make so much, so much more. That's going to pay out year over year over year as they continue to refine and, and work on that system, uh, you know, it, it, into the future. So I was actually like really excited about that. It's a big that. deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, pretty game changing that they could make that happen. Uh, and, and hopefully that's a chance for them to go back and remake the way gear is handled there's some really clumsy things that have just like lingered uh about the way gear is made and so like for anybody that doesn't understand why they don't just just double the size of the glamour dresser and why they don't yeah. just it's not as dumb as why diablo 4 screwed up the stash tab which is is that every time you see a player in the world it loads that player in all of their stash tab like if you can imagine every time you got into alliance raid it pulled that players like all their retainers inventory and everything that's just a wild <laughs> i don't know there was probably a reason for it and they just yeah. didn't think about the cost uh and so it's nothing like that in final fantasy 14 they really were focused on your gear is yours and that sounds mm. like a good goal and what that means is when you put something into your retainer, when you put something into your glamour dresser, it's that exact piece of gear. I've got a smoothie here from Smoothie King, and it's this exact smoothie. And it's not just filled to the same amount with the same thing. It's literally this exact smoothie. Yeah. It's the exact same peanut butter. It's the exact same bananas. It's exactly this smoothie. And the downside of that is that means that if you go pull a piece out of your glamour dresser that you put in two years ago, 
it has to pull the exact one out as opposed to your orchestron list um, is a checklist have don't have have don't have and it's just a list and every time you right click on one of those scrolls it just toggles your list from being a no to being a yes and then you never pull it back out you don't have to get back to that exact role again um, so from a data management standpoint the orchestron system allows you to store a theoretically infinite number of orchestrons relative to the glamour dresser where it's a physical space. It's like a suitcase. Like yeah. It can only be so big and they have to make the suitcase bigger each time they expand your glamour dresser instead of just having a list of all the items in the game and saying you've collected this one and you haven't. Now what that's allowed them to do is that would theoretically if they wanted to allow it to track your repair, though I think it makes you repair before you deposit. It does allow it to track things like um, if they wanted to, like you can you could track things like spirit bond, you could track melded materia, you could track die that was on the gear when it was inserted. And so one of the ways of kind of saving yourself money is you can like die gear prior to inserting it. And then that way, when you put it on different sets, it's always died um, because it's your piece. And it'll and if you ever pull it out, it'll tell you who crafted it. So if right. you crafted it, it'll still have your name on it. Uh, and those things would all be lost if it moved to being an orchestral system. But in trade, it would work much closer to Guild Wars or World of Warcraft system where you could collect every single appearance in the game. Uh, and so like the armoire is where I'd like to see things go because the armoire, once it goes, it, like you can store everything in there. You can store yeah. like your seasonals in there. You can store anything that's like no, if, if something is not obtainable, it can probably go into the armoire. Um, and so in my mind, you would take the Calamity Salvager, which is how you go back and get anything that you can reacquire. So that's where you get like Garo sets, uh, job quest sets. Um, you know, so there's, there's a bunch of stuff in your Calamity Salvager and you would take the uh, armoire and you would combine those. Yeah. And that would be the first major step. And then it would be, okay, how do we get more things from Glamour into that new system? And then just slowly, one step at a time, say, hey, we're going to pull everything from 8.0 forward. We'll all be in that system. And then do what they did with duty support. And we'll go, and we're going to support 2.0. And an 8.1, we'll do 3.0. And an 8.2, we'll do 4.0. And if we get to a particular expansion, they go, hey, for some reason, Scala couldn't go in there. Fine. But let's try to capture 85% of the game mm. or more and get it into a system where we can actually hold on to it. Um, I think uh, I think these changes that they are already are making, just like Navi Link says that they need to fix the friends list. Yoshi P has actually called that out. I think on on his own that that's something that is on you know the plans for them uh, to do, especially like with how that's managed. Go ahead. Correction. Nevik says you do lose who crafts it when you stick it in the dresser. Right, that's the, weird. That's the armoire. Weird. Oh, in the armoire. We in the armoire or the dresser. Maybe the dresser. Like I have I the armor, you can't store die. The armor strips it. It becomes like right. an orchestron. The armor, yeah. the armor's gone. Yeah. The armor, I always Which is felt where like, I prefer yeah. it to go. I would store things in the armor every day. I wonder, I really always die. The engineer in me always is like, what are like, what, how do, what's I'm really happening behind the scenes? What's really happening behind the scenes now? Uh Diego asks, Hey guys, what about Final Fantasy Eleven? And I think that's what I've I've said. I was like, the thing that could have only just made Phil Spencer coming out on stage even more wild is that he's like, yep, we're bringing Final Fantasy 11 back to uh, the Xbox console. Yoshi P's talked about Final Fantasy 11, and I think, and I hope that they end up going this direction. But when you think about cloud gaming, and again, uh, you know, for, for as the internet improves, Final Fantasy 11 would be a great cloud-based client where you don't have to worry about installs and patches and, and what have you. You just give people the ability to access it and access the game 
And Yoshi B's talked about that, but not with any kind of like time frame or, or hope. We do know that the team on 11 has been scaled down even further. Uh, it feels like it's just kind of in this maintenance mode. And so uh, at the end of the day, would I love them to do something with this game? Yes. Will they? Honestly, it, th- that'd be another tearful moment. If they ever went and did something and made that kind of announcement, yes. And hopefully they don't do that anytime soon because I could use a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm glad the 15 minutes of fame are wearing off. Uh, you know, How much do you think they'd have to add to the cost of 14 subscription to let you just lump 11 in? I think they would actually gain subscribers, right? Like when you think about the 11, so you think don't stuff, increase the price. You think do it just like, wow, just do it like wow. Just lumps in. Right. Because then essentially what you get is that when people are like, you know what? I've, I'm taking a break from 14. Maybe you don't cancel your sub because you're like, ah, I got, I'm going to go check out 11 for a little bit. I'm going to go try that out. I don't, I don't think you, I mean, you can, like if they did what I pay like for a dual subscription, yes, in a heartbeat. Uh, but that's because I've paid for a dual subscription, paying full price for both. So that would still save me money. I would still prefer that if they just gave me one subscription, that makes it easy. It just makes it like in the launcher. What game are you booting up? We've already got you logged in. It's that's, you know, like just make every barrier you can take away because 11 has enough barriers as it is. But every barrier that you can take away, I think is a big win for, you know, anybody who like me is a big Final Fantasy 11 fan and continues to always debate on returning, but then is always faced with the reality of like, well, I really don't have that kind of time right now. And so I usually end up playing 11 for, you know, a couple, a month or a month, month and a half once a year as a, as a, as just, you know, and this is fun, you know, to check out the game and see, see it, um, you know, after all these years, but that, that's my answer. What do you think? Um, I, I would like to see them just not increase the sub. I think that's the better play long-term. Uh, okay. I think classic was, was really good because I think right now what would happen, I don't know how many people are sub to 11. Because right now, I think there's a lot of people that play 14 that would try 11, but they're not willing to put any money towards that. Right. And, so and they're also going to experience for, for free. Right. Yeah. Um, right. and, I, and I think you're right, because I think the distance between. So 5.55 is I thought it would be in December so that in Japanese Fan Fest, they could reveal a trailer that had parts of 5.55 MSQ in it. Right. So I was wrong. I predicted December 5th and they've said it's going to be Jan- mid-January. And so that's going to be after uh japanese fan fest which is january 7th mm-hmm. and so but that makes it that makes the gap according to the spreadsheet of epic nerdiness that makes the gap between the 0.5 and the 0.55 de- depending on when that date falls that theoretically could make 6.55 the longest gap um for a half patch we've ever had yeah but we've never i think the, the previous records like 50 or 60 days and this could be like 70 or 80 days um, which is a long time because remember the half patch is when you get the rest of the patch. That's when you get final stage of relic. That's when you get anything that they don't want to lump into the main patch. The 0.55 patch is also what sets the 0.58 patch, which is usually two weeks later, which is when the odd numbered half patch plus two weeks is when we unlock the previous savage tier. Mm-hmm. So the loot on 12 S will unlock with 0.58. Right in an expansion and that will make your 12s to unlocks 12s the longest we've ever had um i think and so 
And that's, that's something that encourages a lot of growth in the community. So my question is like, what are we supposed to do during that time? So I do think we're going to run a lot of risk of, uh, Long-time players needing some sort of break between 0.5 and the next 0. expansion. 5? Oh, okay, yeah. And that is where this conversation, I don't think they're going to spin anything up this fast, but moving forward, right, in future expansions, we get to this point in 7.0, when we get to this point in 8.0, yeah. this would have been a really good time for 11 to be grouped into this up. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. not going to happen, but well, like, and, this would have passed. And 11's not going to appeal. Now. This yeah. would have been a great time for 14 fans that want to continue supporting the game but run out of things to do or just need a breather. And they you know? want to take a break. It would have been a great chance for them to go mess around in 11. Unfortunately, I think it's more complicated than just that because what yeah. I would also like to see with the sub is a combined launcher and a combined chat system because what wow does very well with classic versus retail is I can chat across both games because it's all powered by BattleNet, And so we need a square net that can just, handle this yeah um because that's what play that's what play online was trying to be and then you just know. doesn't have it i mean you have like yeah. the mog station and the lodestone and the launcher and i feel like i get different information on each of them and battle like no it's all the same and if something's available in multiple places it's all the same like my my yeah. launcher tells me everything that the website tells me and it just it feels really cohesive and it feels like it does a really good job and I don't feel like I have to navigate them differently. It feels like the same UI team has handled all of them. I don't know if that's true, but it at least feels like it as opposed to final fantasy feels like that's three separate teams that are absolutely not allowed to call each other. Uh, <laughs> like you will be fired if we find yeah. out that the lodestone dev team has ever talked to the launcher team. Uh, and like, it just, like it just feels cumbersome. And so I'd love to see a lot of that kind of get cleaned up because I think as we invite all these new players in on Xbox and all that, knowing that all of our resources are really cohesive is going to be really helpful. Yeah. Now, uh, before we jump into kind of our final topic, as we wrap up today's show, which is going to be focusing on Yoshi P's Ninja Turtle t-shirt and our job predictions, uh, you know, what we think is going to be coming from that. Uh, Azure says they need to put 11 in the gold saucer, which we're getting the fall guys thing. Yoshi P talked about trying to bring the pixel remasters actually into the game and the challenge that that, that poses. And uh, <laughs> I think essentially that would be pretty wild to have, you know, that ability last expansion. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Was was no coming. morning. So who knows? Like, uh, obviously it seems like they're continuing to expand on these things, but uh, yeah, I just was like one to highlight that. How wild would it be? So if you guys have a thought on 11 in the gold saucer being as a part of our 11 talk, be sure to sound off uh, below on that. Now, as we talk about the Yoshi P Ninja Turtle t-shirt, you and I haven't talked about what this could mean. What jobs do you get from this? I've loved all the speculation online. It's been wonderful uh, because this shirt in and of itself, I feel like it's talking to two jobs. I don't think this this shirt represents one job. I think it's the bigger hint for both. Uh, so what, what, man, I don't know. What do you want versus what do you think is really going to happen? I don't know. My favorite responses when I was walking through FanFest and was just listening to people was I thought it was this job and then they showed the t-shirt and here is why the thing I thought is true now. So yeah. like, they've just like, like totally post rationalized. So there's no, like, let me come at this totally open-minded and see what we come up with and, and leave my prediction. It's like, no, no, I thought it was this. And how can I twist that t-shirt into being the thing that I want it to be? Um, I predicted Corsair and that we were going to Mercidia. They showed yeah. the ocean in the trailer. I was like, we're going to Mercidia. We are not going to Mercidia. Uh, 
so I thought maybe it could still be Corsair. Uh, I don't see any reason it can't, but I, I really don't have, like, if I look at the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle t-shirt and I try to be open-minded about that, I don't end up coming with Corsair. Yeah. Granted, I did not get that Spider-Man was Samurai. That was a stretch for me that like, it's like what Sam Raimi. And if you pronounce Samurai in Japanese, it's Samurai. And it's like, oh, come on guys. Like this is far. This is far. So there's people who are like reading the abbreviations on the t-shirt and like moving the letters around and like, unless Nicolas Cage is going to come out and explain this to me, I don't think I'm going to quite <laughs> get the jump. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, my, my, it definitely feels like a hint towards the melee job. So I think the ninja gives that it's sharing the, uh, the gear with ninja the scouting. The scouting. Yeah. yeah. So Which I is think good. they've been a loner. Yeah, they've been a loner. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. Melee non Omni nineties. I apologize if you like melee. I do uh, feel that the trailer gives a hint towards the job. He's covered in a cloak, and thus, essentially, I could see him being. Uh, I could see him being uh, the. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? The, the, the Corsair. I was like, well, um, and what they haven't shown is that he has like maybe a gun. So Corsair has it could be a sword and gun wielding class. Right the opposite of red mage where you're, you know, up close to personal, and then you jump out and blast him with a gun and, and jump back in. I could see how that being the case, obviously the Spanish Tatorga being pirate Haven or something now, like the that. Kojin so. Are the turtles in game and the Kojin yeah. do have like a form of magic that they can use because I was sitting at dinner with Aorzean archives and I was like, what, what are the Kojin doing? Talk to me about Kojin because yeah. that's the natural, if we're going to lean into turtle here, yeah, that's the caster leap is that we do have turtles in the game. What is the type of magic that the Kojin use? Yeah. Can that become our new caster? Could that be a green mage or like I like Teenage Mutants. So TM time mage uh, and all this is stretch, et cetera, in this, uh, you know, at least for me. But I think essentially, though, I also like the artist, uh, the Pictomancer that people uh, have uh, because all of them are named after, you know, famous artists. We've had, uh, you know, the Pictomancer as Final Fantasy VI. I think that would be really cool. Personally speaking, my my hope would be Time Mage. I love the Time Mage job in Final Fantasy. They could also make it, it as a green base color. Like we don't they could you, he could do really anything they want. They could make. The green, their green mage be the Pictomancer or whatever they want, want to call it. So uh, personally speaking, I think the shirt, though, in my mind, represents uh, both. It represents it's it's hinting at both things for uh, for okay. the future uh, that it's. And then what we'll see is obviously they'll reveal the job, one of them, and they'll have a new shirt that will help us focus in on what the the final job is. Do you think they're going to show the caster first or the melee first? I assume we've already predetermined yeah. the announcement, but part of me would hope that they would go out and look at the community and they would pick the one that the community is better at guessing to leave us guessing longer on the other one. But I assume they've already picked which one gets announced at EU. Uh, we'll find out in October. Find out in October. Um, but now it's 10 o'clock and I know we got to, we got to wrap so up. I, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's All tough. Right. It's, it's tough. October's we'll not that far. It's October's not that far. far. It's not that far. It's fun yeah. to speculate. We still haven't seen our female Roth. We still haven't seen. So there's still plenty coming this way. They save more. The trailer will get longer. It's going to be awesome. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us live. Uh, Chris and I got to get back to uh, the normal work day. 
uh, as we both have uh, jobs to do. So thanks so much for joining us all live. I'm going to end broadcast and wave it out. Like, sub, share, all that wonderful stuff. And we will see you next Thursday live and maybe in a couple of vlogs here and there. So hitting it. I'm coming back to streaming. Are you streaming today? Uh, as soon as I get my car running, I'm stuck in a Smoothie King parking lot right now. Okay. I'm going to go well, place my camp chef. To, uh, guys, go check if Chris is live. He'll be live on Twitch later today <laughs> and, we, and you can continue to have these conversations.